This is Rabbi Kovacs filling in for Rabbi Silber. We are going to start with our sponsorships and get into the Daf Yomi of a Talmud Torah sponsorship by Jerry and Abby Applebaum and family in loving memory of Abby's mother, Barbara Friedman, Basia Baschaimzal, and first yard site. You hear me okay? No. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on in. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to get friendly oh. with the mic. Wow, wow, wow. By popular demand. Uh, and her, uh, her father, David Friedman, David Bas Avraham Zoll, and his ninth yard site, and other family yard sites, Drs. Paul and Linda Weinberg, commission of the 36th yard site of Joshua Martin Weinberg, Mordechai Yeshua Ben Perez, Moshe, Leia, Miriam Zoll, Paul and Kathy Pollock, Zachus Rufu Shlem of Kathy's sister, Donna Baker Matson, Steve and Terry Tsin, Gratitude to Hashem, they welcome the third grandchild, Bunim Svi Hirsch Tsin, Naftali Tilson, thanks to Rabbi Silber, and his good Chavar Binyamin Wool, Chakash Vesameach. These are Nissan sponsorships. Avram Shandy Kellerman, still the last day of Nissan. In commemoration of the art site of Avram's mother, Bernice Kellerman, Sarah Brian of us, Yeshua Cheshul, the art site on 29th of Nissan. We have a week of learning sponsorship by Hillel and Lonnie Goldman. Appreciation to the wonderful, amazing Rabbi Robertson Silver in honor of Dr. and Mrs. Jacob Goldie Milner and a Daf Yomi sponsorship. Thank you so much by Andrea Levine in memory of Eliezer Aharon Raphael Ben Zev Shmozal on his yard site, the 30th of Nissan, which is right now the first day of Rosh Chodesh. So we are on Yavamos 55, Yavamos Nun Hey. We're going to pick up five lines from the bottom of 54B. Yesterday we had a very important daf, and we were very happy that it was on Shabbos and not recorded because we did not pull any punches, and the Gemara talked about falling off of a balcony onto other people, and it was very... We were glad that there were no women and children present for the daf Yomi. As a quick reminder, we discussed Yibum Bismanazay because it seemed like the Mishnah was not like Abashol. We said it's even like Abashol. As a reminder, that Chuvo from Ravavadi we mentioned is in Yabia Omer, part six, Chuva Evena Ezer, number 14. 614 in Evena Ezer, about the Yemenites who bless their Yemenite hearts still do Yibum Bismanazay. They do Yibum. They also eat kosher grasshoppers and bake soft matzahs for Pesach. So Baruch Hashem that they are continuing the minhag of their forefathers down to this day. And we brought the famous Hekesh of Rabbi Yonah based on the psukim in Acharemos that the, the Goyim did all of these toevos. All of the, after the arise it says they did all these toevos and everyone who does these toevos is nichrasa. That sort of combined all the toevos together. When we start off, it's important to note, and we're going to make note of this because it's, uh, it's important to note that Torah calls things a toeva. Toeva means an abomination. It's really bad. Toeva is super bad. Abomination. I got that right? That's how our scroll says it? But when it says in Vayikra, it says toeva he. It says the act is an abomination. It doesn't say the person's an abomination. Does anybody know the only time in the Torah where Hashem says that a person is an abomination? Anybody? That's way later, that's in Devarim. In uh, Deuteronomy 25, uh, 16, it says a person's an abomination. Why? Because they had, gonna love this, Rabbi not because they, they did something, because they had something around. They had unfair weights and measures. So having unjust weights and measures, it says, it says this person who, has, who cheats people with uh, incorrect weights and measures, that person is called a toeva, which is shocking because the person who does all sorts of horrible immorality out of his lust, he's not called a toeva, the act is called a toeva. And this is actually a Gemara in Yavamus, Chaf Aleph 21. So this was merely 35 days ago. We learned this Gemara. And it was, it was quite shocking. It's still a little bit shocking. They say, Kasha Onshin Shalmidais, 
the punishment for false weights and measures, is worse than Arias. Don't take that literally. Don't run with that, Ravosai. That's not to be taken literally. <coughs> they explain because it says, Eile, Kolose, Eile, Kolose, Avla, but it says, Why? Shkoyach Moshe. Well, Beautiful. It says, Why? It's easier, in a sense, to do tshuva on arias, on illicit relations, than false weights and measures. Rashi explains, this is as long as they didn't make a mamzer. Okay, that that's, creates a permanent result in the world, God forbid, that they should make a mamzer from their forbidden relations. But by weight, weights and measures, if he's buying or selling or doing business or doing in the stock market and skimming, he doesn't know how many people he's cheated and how far his perverse weights and measures, how far the damage has spread through society. So that damages the rabim, it damages so many people, it's so hard to do tshuva, whereas if it's merely arayos, which is, is worse in some sense than weights and measures, but he could stop, they could do tshuva, they can separate, they can end that illicit relationship. So in a sense, it's you know, less evil, less damaging to the rabim, Arias, then it's less of a, t- it's called a tueva, but maybe it's less of a tueva than weights and measures. This reminds us to be machalic between adjectives and nouns. That some things the Torah calls an abomination, that doesn't mean we should chase around those particular people who have that particular taiva screaming at them, you are an abomination, because the Torah doesn't say that. If, okay? if the Torah said it, maybe you could, but the Torah doesn't say that. The Torah says the sin is an abomination, not the sinner. And this reminds us of the famous Gemara in Brachas Daf Yod. It's so, you're going to remember. I'm gonna, you're going to remember this when I read it, yeah? There were uh, ruffians, uh, mafia guys in the neighborhood of Rabbi Meir. They were breaking the windows, causing damage, bothering him. He asked Hashem to kill them. His wife, Bruria, who was a very wise woman in her own right, she said, What are you thinking? She, to Rebbe Meir, she says this. Mishim because it says, Yitamu Chataim. In Tehillim, David Melch says, Yitamu Chataim, sins must cease. Mekasiv Chautim, it doesn't say sinners, it says the sins. It says the deeds should be gone, not the people. It says, Chataim Kasiv. Bray says, Rebbe Meir, it says the sins should stop. The end of that puzzle says, Rishayim Ode Nam. There will be no more Rishayim. Came at the Yitamu Chataim. When the sins are gone, the Rishayim Ode Nam. There's not going to be Rishayim. There's going to be just good people. says, You shouldn't daven they die. Daven they do tshuva. Rishayim Ode Nam. There will be no more Rishayim because they did tshuva. Bayrach Melave, Hadru Bachuva. They started coming to the Dafyame. They gave up the mafia gig and it worked out for Rebbe Meir. So, Baruch Hashem, we have to be machalek between the sinners and the sins. We don't want to push people away from Yiddishkeit, push people away from our Mesorah by calling them an abomination. But we understand that some people are doing things that are, in the eyes of the Lord, abominable things. So we always need to be machalek between the person and the acts. <coughs> With that in mind, we're going to pick up at the bottom, five lines from the bottom of uh, 54b. We're talking about sisters from the Av or sisters, uh, maternal or paternal sisters, and if they're always the same. But there's a Mishnah about maternal versus paternal wives. Amrulo, they told a man who was overseas, he was not near his wife at the time, they said, Your wife passed away. And he was overseas, he couldn't make it to the funeral. So he marries her sister, her paternal sister, a shared father. Mesa, she dies. 
and it's important to know the husband was on another business trip. He wasn't there, didn't bury her. Nasa achosa me'ima. He marries the maternal sister of the second wife. And then he goes on another business trip. This guy gets around. Mesa, they give, send him a telegram. They still have telegrams? Okay, they send him uh, on the app telegram. Mesa, Vanasa achosa. So he says, she died. So he marries achosa me'aviha the paternal sister through the father of the third wife. Then the similar situation, saw the fourth wife died, Nasa Achosa Me'ima. And he goes ahead and marries the maternal sister, a shared mother of the fourth wife. So now he's gone through five sisters. Baruch Hashem, the fifth one's still alive. And then a problem happens. A little bit of a wrinkle. So, that's not the problem. The problem is... So then the problem is they tell him it was a mistake. She was, it was a mistaken identity. The telegram was wrong. It wasn't your wife. It was someone else's wife. She's still alive. Baruch Hashem. The first one and the second one and the third one and the fourth one. So it was a big... I, I don't know what was going on in the telegram office, but it was a big mix-up. All of these women are still alive. Baruch Hashem for that. The problem is... He's now married five sisters. Now, they're not all full sisters. Remember, the first, the second wife was a paternal sister to the first wife. Then the third wife is maternal sister to the second wife. So he's gone through this chain of five sisters, and Baruch Hashem, they're all still alive. He only married them because he thought, they, he only married the sister because he thought the first one was dead. So he, under those false pretenses, he married them. So what's the din here? Mutter berishona b'shlishis He's mutter to stay married to... Wives one, three, and five. The issue is wife one and wife two, they share a father. So wife two, that was never a legal marriage. But since, she, since he was never legally married to two, he could stay legally married to wife number three because she only shared a mother with wife two he wasn't married to anyway. Wife number four shared a father with wife number three. So if he's still married to wife number three, cannot be married to wife number four. They share a father. So he's got a problem. And since the Zivamos poteris tsarotehen, and they potter the tsar if this man dies without children, he's got five wives in different countries, different area codes, and no children, Nebuch. But if he dies like this, when they do go to you do Yibam, it would work on any one of wives one, three, and five, and it would potter any co-wives, it would work on all of them. But wives number two and four, it's Usr because they shared a father with the first wife or the third wife that they, he was legally married to. And in Yavama's fashion, if they made a mistake, the surviving brothers made a mistake, and they tried to do Yibam with wives number two or four, that doesn't work because those were not legally legal marriages because wife number one and wife number three were still alive when he tried to marry two and four. So those were false marriages. They never got off the ground. But here's a wrinkle. If the first wife was really dead, I mean actually really dead, not just pining for the fjords, not just resting, mom is dead. And then he continued being married to the second wife, and they were intimate together as man and wife. So now he's legally married to two and four, but not, well, one is dead, but not three and five, because three and five share a parent with two and four. And it's also in number three and number five. Top of 55, top of Nenhei. So we see by a wife, a man cannot marry the wife's sister, whether they share a mother or a father or both. Because we see that if he was married to three, who shares a mother with four, or married four, shares a mother with three, then he cannot stay, they cannot stay married to all of those women, and the yibum wouldn't work to be plotter. So good. 
asuras, minalan. So how do you, how, what's the source for a wife, sister, whether it's through paternal or maternal relations? Yalif me'achoso, it's like his sister. Ma'achoso ben menav ben menem, we talked about this yesterday towards the end of the daf. His own sister, it doesn't matter whether you share a father or a mother or both, it's also, it's your sister. Afkan ben menav ben menem, v'leilif mendodaso, but why don't we learn from the aunt, from the wife of his uncle, as we talked about yesterday, is only through the father. We learn mishpachto, that daido is used in the sense of mishpacha, and mishpacha, the Torah says, is through the father. We talked about the father's in the father's side of the family is the inheritance, is the tribal affiliation, the shevet, and the, the status of Kohen or Levi or Yisrael. So we give importance to the father's family, especially even though the religion, of course, is through the mother. So why don't we learn from Dodaso, the uncle's wife, Ma Dodaso min Avlominem, from the, the Deraisa level and the Torah level. The father's brother's wife is forbidden, but not the not from the M, not the father, not if the father's brother shares a mother. So Mistabra, they say it's more logical, to learn from his own sister. Just like the wife is in the same generation, and it's, it's your wife. It's your wife is like your own flesh and blood. So to your sister, we learn both maternal and paternal sisters are forbidden. So to the wife's sister, it would be both maternal and paternal. So maybe it's more logical to learn from the wife of the uncle. Shekin davar al yadei kedushin, because that's an iser that comes about through kedushin, through the marriage of the uncle. So to his wife's sister, that's only also because you married the wife, which is the sister. So maybe we should compare things that the iser comes about, the forbidden relationship comes about through marriage, not through natural familiar relationship. So let's learn it out from the wife of the brother, as we talked about a lot yesterday. This is something, a us relationship through marriage, but it's your brother. It comes about because it's your own flesh and blood's wife. And how do you know the wife of the brother itself is Asr? Uh, the nakedness of the wife of your brother do not uncover. It doesn't matter whether this brother, you share a father or a mother. You tell me it doesn't matter which parent you share. Maybe it's only a paternal brother, and not maternal brother. But then who? Wouldn't that be logical? Because the Torah makes him liable for the wife of the brother and for his own sister. His own sister, it doesn't matter which parent they share. Afkan, so too for the wife of his brother, it shouldn't matter, whether it's a maternal brother or a paternal brother. But the Gemara argues back. You could say another side of logic in the opposite direction. The Torah makes a man liable on the wife of his brother or also on the wife of his uncle. But his uncle is only his fa- from the father's side uh, and not from the mother's side. So which is more similar? So we have two logical arguments in opposite directions. Which is more similar to the case of his brother's wife? Let's learn his own flesh and blood relationships from another flesh and blood familial relationship. And don't tell me his uncle's wife. His uncle is because he's related to the father. It's not his own generation. You understand? It's not the same generation. His brother's wife is the same generation of himself, but his father's brother's wife, 
That's one generation up. But you could say, let's argue in the opposite direction. The brother's wife is Usher because sorry, the yeah, the brother's wife is Usher because of Kedushin, the brother married her. And the father's brother's wife, same thing, because the father's brother married her. And don't argue me back his own sister, that's an automatic Isser, it's not through a marriage. Talmud Lomar, Ervas Achicha, he. There's an extra Pasuk. It doesn't just say, It also says, Ervas Achicha, he. It adds extra words. It's the Erva, the forbidden relationship of your brother. That's who she is. So because of these extra words, you include both Minav, Be Minav, Be Minav, Be Minav, the Gemara says. So why don't we say, Let's say these are both the wife of the brother, Minav, from the father. But you need both Limudim. And what is the situation where she has sons, in the life of the brother? Now remember, this, this is Yavama. So we're talking about Yibam. If he has no children, he dies without children, then there's Yibam. If he dies with children, there's never a Yibam. So let's say we need both sources, both, uh, both sets of words. Even in the same pasuk, both sets of words are not extra because you need one, one where he has children, one where this woman, the wife of the brother, never had children while the brother was alive. Uh, so we talked about that yesterday. Rav Huna said if she doesn't have any children in the lifetime of the husband, Rav Huna learned out yesterday that that's, that's Osir. We compared Nida Nida. We said that in, in the Hekish. So let's say both both sources cover the wife of the brother who shares a father, Davka the father and not the mother. One is where she had children during the lifetime of the brother, the first husband. But one is where she was pregnant when the man died. And remember, we talked about in detail, you have to wait three months. If the brother dies, they have to wait, in any event, they have to wait three months to find out if she's pregnant, to figure out what's going on, figure out which whose child it really is, if she was pregnant. So the Gemara suggests that one source in the Pesukim, and so when Shimamish did not have, uh, when Shimamish had children when he was alive, and one is where she had the child after he passed away. Uh, we don't need a separate source for when she has children after the brother died. Uh, doesn't need a pasuk because the Torah says the Torah says in the context of Yibam when she has no children and we said Ben Ain Lo and the Gemara said Ayanolov check it out look for any other children even illegitimate children would count to be Potter her from Yibam when she has no children at all there's no children to this brother the deceased brother at all that's when she's muteris if she has children even after the brother passed away she's definitely usher you don't need a separate source for when the children were born if she has children even before or after she's usher to do yibam with the Dilma, but maybe in Labani Masura, when she has no children, she's Asura Le Alma's amazing situ- amazing suggestion. The Charlie Yava, maybe when she has no children, she's Usur to everyone. The Alma means like in, in Kaddish, La Alma La Mayal Maya. It's to the whole world, to everybody else, Visharya, but she's permitted to marry the Yavam Davka. So we know that's not the case because if the Yavam doesn't want to marry her, she's allowed to do he must do Khalitza if she doesn't want to marry him. And then she's muteris l'shuk. We call it, she's allowed to marry anyone, but not the Yavam. So this would be kind of the opposite direction, is the suggestion. Yesh la banim sharia alma, but if she has children, 
uh, from the brother, the deceased brother. She's Sharyal almost. She's permitted to everybody else. For Sharyal Yavam, maybe she's also permitted to the Yavam. I mean, if, if he had children, there's no mitzvah of Yivam, so his widow goes free. There's no chalitza, there's no Yivam, there's no mamar, there's no nothing, no get, no nothing. She goes out free, but maybe she should also be Sharyla Yavam, is the suggestion. She's also mutter, it's the Havamina, to the Yavam, which is not true. Inami, if that was the case, and Labanim mitzvah. Maybe you could say if she has no children, it's a mitzvah, mitzvah Yivam, yesh Labanim rishus. If she has children, maybe there's a rishus. It's, a, it's an allowance. She's allowed to do Yivam, but not required. Inami, this is a suggestion. This is not the halacha. Inami ein labanim, ein yesh labanim, ein labanim in. Sorry, when she doesn't have children, yes, it applies. Yesh labanim lo. When she does have children, no, it's not. Vilava ba mekol ase ase. It said yesterday, since the Torah says you can't marry her if he has children, it's mashma you can marry her if he had no children. But if there's children, it's a it's a it's a law, but it's a law of miklal asay that you learn out from asay that yibam that you can marry her when the brother died without children. So if he died with children, you cannot marry her. A man cannot marry her. That's a law of miklal asay. So kasev karachrina, we have another source: ervas achiv gilo, the nakedness of his brother. He's revealed, meaning his brother's wife. So we have a secondary source to show us that even in this even in this case, we have a source for when she had children, not had children, it doesn't matter, she still cannot marry the brother. Even if she had children from the deceased brother and she's Muteris Lashuk, there's no Yivam, no Chalitza, she can't later marry one of the brothers of her deceased first husband. So let's say that the wife of the brother who shares a mother that it's just like the wife of a brother shares a father. That if there's no children, he never, she never had children from the first husband, then there's a mitzvah of Yibam, and it's allowed to marry her in Yibam. We said maybe even if they shared a mother but not a father, the brothers could do Yibam in that case. He, she's still Usser. They recall in the first parak we learned out from the brothers of Yaakov. We said Achava. We learned Bnei Yaakov. Tosos mentions it here. Bnei Yaakov, the low name of the Ve'inan, the midnei be'Abba. So he says we learned out from the sons of Yaakov because there there's twelve sons of Yaakov from four different mothers. So we see that brotherhood is a shared father, not necessarily a shared mother, that you don't need both a shared mother and a shared father. And here we're learning out, it's Davka, a shared father, and not a shared mother, is causes the possibility of Yibam, but you don't have to share both a mother and a father. We learned out earlier from the sons of Yaakov. So why is Karis also written by Chosev? So remember, we had the pasuk yesterday, the Hegsh Rabbeinu Yonah, it says Karis, by all of these, whoever does these abominations is nechersu, gets cut off. So why does it say karis also by the wife of the brother? It's a, it's a teaching Rabbi Yochanan. If he does all of these different arayas in one unawareness, a helam is like a hiding of awareness, he's high of karis on each individual one. Now this was a case they brought in the beginning of Croesus. Gemara and Croesus, all about the 36 different kinds of ways of getting karis, do not try them at home, brought the case of a really bad family reunion in Vegas. And so how many times could a guy be high of karis in Vegas at a family reunion? And the answer is a lot. 
and there was probably a lot of alcohol. Remember we discussed yesterday, if he's really drunk, if he's as drunk as Lot, he doesn't know what's going on. The Rambam says, that's Pater, and he's not Kone as y- y- Yavama, it doesn't work. No Kinyanim, if he's, if he's drunk as Lot, but a little bit less drunk than Lot, he's still uh, aware enough to be Chayef Kares. So, okay, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas until it gets into the Gemara and Krisis, they talk about it there. So even if he is involved in multiple Kares, he's Chayef on each one, because we have this additional word Kares, by the wife of the brother to be mechalek, to say it's not just one chorus, if he did all these different bad, illicit relationships in one unawareness, one lapse of awareness, he's chayev on each one individually. Not like Shabbos, where he said if you do different av different malachas from the same av malacha in one lapse of awareness, he's chayev only one carbon. Different issue with the creases here. Rabbi Yitzhak, Damakul Chayve Krisus, Biklal Hayu, Rabbi Yitzhak, who says all the Chayve Krisus are in one category. Lama Yotza Karis Bechaisa. So why does the Torah also say Karis by his sister Ladona Bekaris to say it's Karis and not Malkus? It's not merely lashes. It's also Karis. The Chalak Medalan has you know to divide if somebody was at the really bad family reunion in Vegas. Nafkalei Mi Ve'el Isha Venidat Tumata Bechayev Okol Isha Ve'Esha. Because the Torah says and to a woman in her Nida during her period of her Tuma. So her term means each woman. So if a man was, God forbid, living with five different nidas in one lapse of awareness, it's five different women, it's gufin mochlakim, he's chayev five times, the chayev kol isha the isha. So that's a problem. Don't try this at home. Dodaso, the cause of lorachmana aririm, yiyu lamali. So similarly, by the wife of the uncle. Why does it say aririm? Aririm is a very scary word. It means literally childless, and it's associated with karas. We'll get into that in a minute. Lamali, so why does it write that by the aunt, by the wife of the uncle? The kid of Rabba, the Rabba Ramik Sev, Rabba says, it's written already, Yeriri Mihyu. It already says in a different Pasuk, they will be Ariri, they will go childless. Because of Ariri Miyamusu, then it says they will die childless, God forbid. Haketzad, how does this work? There's two different kinds of childlessness. Yeshla Banim, if he already has children, and then he does this terrible Avera, Kovrin, God forbid he has to bury his children. Ainla Banim, if he doesn't have children, He'll continue to be childless. And it has to write both. He will become childless and he will die childless, God forbid. Because of Rahman Rim Yehu, it says he will be childless. That means the children he had before this sin, they'll continue. But he won't have any more children after the sin. Because of Rahman Rim Yemusu. It says he'll die childless. Just as you die childless, maybe he'll lose the children that are born after the sin. So he has to write both. He will die childless and he will be childless. Ariri and Karis is not simple. We really don't have time to get into the, uh, the mechanism today, but you should know there's a Ramban towards the end of Achremos, the Ramban on, uh, in Yudches Chavtes, uh, Perik 18, Pasuk 29, he goes through, there's Karis, and then there's Karis. There's Ariri, and there's Ariri. So the Ramban is the star of the show today, and he says, you know, if somebody has a lot of mitzvahs, and they have a taiva, they eat Chelev Radam. Chelev Radam, that's Karis. So he says, they get Olam Haba, but to be punished, they die a little bit earlier. Perhaps they die before age 60, age 70, perhaps before that. But they lose some of their life in this world because they had a taiva for the sin. They did it on purpose. If it was done by accident, there's, there's a chatas, but not a karis. 
So he says they lose some of their life in this world and they get a full reward in the next world. But he says people who have a lot of Averis and they have a big type of Averis, they're doing a lot of Averis, not just, it wasn't just like a one-time thing with the Chalev and the Dam, it was a lot of it. He says that, their punishment, they might live a long life in this world, in the physical world, but they're going to have a lot of punishment in the next world. And we know, we understand that one moment, one second of joy in the Olam Ha'emes, in the real, the real world of the Neshamas, is better than any pleasures in this world. So it's much better to be punished in this physical world and not be punished in the next eternal world. So he says at a, that's a worse level, is they might live a long life here, but their karis is coming after they pass away in the next world. So then he gets into, there's even a worse, a more Hummer karis, where they're punished both with a short life in this world and they're punished in the next world. So they might die early, God forbid, in this lifetime and also be punished, also get Gehenna. And then he gets into Aririm. And he says, it's an interesting thing that Ariri childlessness, it doesn't affect adult children. This is one reason we say by Bar Mitzvah, once, once a boy's Bar Mitzvah, he's like, he's on his own. But it can, God forbid, affect younger children, can be caught up in the sins of the parent. And that seems, of course, blatantly unfair. And it's very complicated philosophically. We don't have time today to get into it, but we understand in Devarim uh, 24, 16, doesn't it say, it says, It says, children don't die on the sins of the fathers. In Yechezkel, Perak 18, verse 20, he says, like, a man is responsible for his own sin and not for anything else. So it seems, and the Ramban writes, Ramban explains, by Ariri, by, Ariri is written by Arias. And what's going on is these parents are having illicit relationships and making children from illicit relationships. And these children are going to see their, what their parents are doing and continue in that vein. And it's like how uh, Hashash, the Torah writes after Egel Zohav that, um, and, and we lay this on fast days, that Hashem can punish to the third and the fourth generation. Isn't that unfair? Yes and no. That's if the children are holding on to the sins of the parents and the children are learning from the bad example of the parents, God forbid, and they're continuing the Vodazar, they're continuing the Yului Arias, they're going down that same path, then yes, the children get punished for the sins of the fathers. And that's a very scary thing for parents. And I'm, I'm almost crying up here because I, I'm aware, you know, people with young children, we have to be aware that children learn a little bit from what we say and a lot from what we do, from what they see us do. That's where they learn most of it. And it's scary to think about what we do in front of our children that we don't want to set this example. And another another level to Ariri being connected to to Karis is that a main source of Zechus after Mayav Esrim, after 120 years, when we're in the ground, who continues to bring us Zechus for Basai? Children, our children, our children say Kaddish, our children learn, our children come to the Daf Yomi, God willing, our children do Mishnah Yomi, by the way, we're starting Shavias tomorrow, Mishnah Yomi, there's Mishnayos up here, Shavias starts tomorrow, it's Halach Maisa, Shavias in Eretz Israel, Shavias around the whole world this year, so Shavias, but our children continue to bring us Zechuyos after, after Mev Esrim, after we're in the ground, and so for a man to get Karis, serious Karis that comes from Arias. He was kept doing Arias. He was setting a bad example for his children. So he died early. His children died early. He was uh, Aririm Yamusu, God forbid. He doesn't have those children to bring him Zechuyos after Mevestri. Even if he lives to a ripe old age, he doesn't have children to continue to bring him Zechuyos. That's a very scary possibility. So really, we have to be careful the example that we set for our children. It's a very serious uh, a serious thing for parents to keep in mind. They, they do what we do, not necessarily what we say. And also, we're starting Shviyas in the Mishnah Yomi tomorrow. Also, good to know. Uh, that's a good zechus to have. Okay. Good, good, good.
trying to get back to where we're Okay, good. But it's not good. But good. So that's what we need, and uh, that's why we need to know both Ariyim Yamusu and the Gene Holech Ariri. Good. Ha'ara, the Chayvi Lava Minalan. So we talk about Ha'ara. Now, don't worry, we're going to define Ha'ara at the end of today's daf. Uh, you know, uh, no children here, so good, we can get into that. But how, we talked about it by Chayvi Karis, by Arias. What about Chayvi Lavin, Minalan, Demegoli, Rahmana, Shikva, Zera, Gabi Shikha Rufa? By a Shikha Harufa, which is a betrothed. Uh, servant, female servant, and Rashi says here she's betrothed to an Evid Ivri. Now that's not so posh, it's a machlokas rishonim. We're going to see there's a Gemara in Kedushin, uh, Taf Zion, that says, you know, if a man becomes an Evid Ivri, then he's allowed to be mated with a Shifcha, and that's a Shifcha Harufa, because now he's designated as a mate. A Shifcha can't have Kedushin, she's not a married woman, but she can be Harufa, Necharefes, she's designated to this Evid Ivri. Now there's a machlokas there. If this is a an Evid who was sold by the Bezdin, a man who stole and could not pay his debt, was sold into debt servitude. He had to work to pay off his debt. So if the Bezdin sold him, maybe that's the Evid Ivri that can be mated with a Shifcha, maker of Shifcha Harufa, but not someone who sold himself, someone who was in debt himself. He didn't steal, but uh, the bank account was in the red, and so he sold his labor. He sold his labor his, himself into servitude to pay off his debt. So maybe he can't be mated with a shivcha. The Ritva says he has rishus, that he could refuse. If his master wants to, then someone who sold himself still has a kinyan over himself, he could refuse, but someone who's sold by Bezdin, not such so a Ritva there, we'll see this in Kedushin, God willing, so it's not so push it, which kind of Evid Ivri can be with a shivcha, shivcha kananis, who's shivcha harufa. Uh, so, but Ha'ara would cause a problem there. If she's a shivcha harufa, she's designated to one man, but another man goes to sleep with her, then Hara, apparently, it would be a problem if not for the fact that the Pasuk wrote Shechvas Zera, which is the lying of seed, which is a euphemism for the ending of the intimate relationship. So since it writes Shechvas Zera, Gabe Shivcha Harufa, Miklal, the Chayvei Lavin, the other Chayvei Lavin that are not Shivcha Harufa. Shivcha Harufa is a little special because it's a carbon instead of a malchus. So this implies that for other Chayvei Lavin, Hara, with Mir Hara, which is the first stage of intimacy, not with Shechvas Zera, which is the last stage, that even with the first stage, they be chayev lashes. You could say the opposite. Since the Torah says, even the hara is is liable by chayev krisis, as we learned out yesterday, called the chayev lavin, that mere lavin, that are less serious, gemarbia, that maybe it needs a complete act of intimacy, not just the first stage. If so, the Torah shouldn't have to say anything about a shiv and we would know that it only needs hara, not not shechazer, not a completion of the deed. Hara the chayvei lavin de kahuna minalan. So what about a kohen is not allowed to marry a grusha, chalutza, uh, things like this? Zona asya kicha kicha. So it's gezer shav kicha kicha. De chayvei ase minalan. Before we turn the page, chayvei ase. What do you mean chayvei ase? So Rashi brings a mitzri and a domi. The Torah says you uh, a mitzri and a domi, the third generation can marry into the regular Jewish people. So that's an assay. Now we have a mitzvah assay that the first and second generation of a convert who's from Egypt or Edom cannot marry in. So we don't necessarily know if the Edomites and the Egyptians are still in the same place they used to be, because Sinheir famously mixed up the whole world population. There was like ethnic cleansing things going 
on, but that's a, it's a mitzvah ase. Only the third generation can come into the Jewish peoples. The first and second, no. Ase, top of Ahmed base. Bia Bia, there's a Gezer Shava Bia Bia coming into the Kahal, coming into the congregation. Yavama Lashuk Menolan, how do we know Yavama Lashuk? Again, this is a Yavama to marry other people. If she goes ahead and tries to marry another man before she gets Yavama Chalitza, that's a problem. Ilamans Amar Lav, for the one who says this is a Lav, uh, it's a law. We already talked about by Shifla Rufa. Ilamanda Amar Ase, Ase, or it's an Ase, Mitzvah Ase, the same Gezer Shava, Bia Bia. Elo Yavamali Yavam Menolan. How do you know Yavama to the Yavam that Hara, the first stage of intimacy, is already Kone? Asya Bia Bia. It's a Gezer Shava, Bia Bia. She will come to be his wife. Isha Labayla Menolan. How do you know a man making his wife? Rashi says they're Mekadish Babia. They're doing Kedushin through Bia. Now we remember. Uh, last week, it was just Nun Bey, so just a few days ago, if somebody did Kiddushin, Ali Debiya, we give him Malkus, we lash him. It works, they're man and wife, Mazel Tov, they're married, but we give him Malkus. There's a whole discussion in Kiddushin, we're going to get into it, the Taisus talks about it here, Kiddushin, Daf Yud, what if there was some level of initial intimate contact uh, between a man and a woman, and then the woman accepted Kiddushin from a different man. So then Tosos gets in there, if that first man had intended to acquire her as a wife through Bia, maybe he had in mind, his discussion in Kedushin, maybe he didn't mind Gamar Bia. Maybe he wanted to wait till the end to be Kona her, because he had in mind, he's going to have a full act of intimacy with this woman to make her his lawfully wedded wife, even though we're going to give him Malchus too. But uh, it would work, dare I, so they'd be married, so it's a discussion there, and uh, not, not so push it, but we'll get into that, being Makadish Bia, of course, we said is... is it, it doesn't look nice. It's better to go have a ring, go through the ceremony. We said also, just going ahead and doing yibam without mamar, rambam brat lechalacha. It doesn't look nice. Even though it works, it's kone, but you want to have a nice ceremony, you want to get a nice dress, you want to invite the mishpacha, you want to, you know, you make it a nice, make it a nice thing. Even though it's kone, you know, through the simple physical act, but we see that a relationship is much more than a simple physical act. That is a necessary part of the relationship, but you also have to make it nice and loving and, uh, you know, romantic and, uh, and at least excuse to get a nice dress, nice clothes, a good food, you know, have a good party. So, good. So, Isha, Labai, Lomi, Nolan, Asya, Kicha, Kicha, Lakachadisha, Amarava, Lomali, Dekazer, Rahmane, Shechva, Zera, Harufa. So now we have these, this word Shechva, Zera, which is a euphemism, the, the laying seed, basically. It's written by Shiv Harufa. We said on the bottom of Ahmed Aleph that it needs a gemar bia, it needs a complete act of intimacy to be chayev an asham, a carbon, for living with a Shiv Harufa. But Shiv Chazerba Eishazi, Shiv Chazerba Sauta, why do you need a Shiv Chazerba written in all these contexts by, by a married woman and by a Sauta? Shiv Harufa Gedam The Shiv Harufa, the designated maidservant, like we said on, on Ahmed Aleph. So by Eishazish, this excludes someone who has relations mace. Not he's dead, but there's a lack of blood flow to his male organ. So there's one opinion that if somebody does that with Arias, it's putter because he's saying it's not a chiyuv without actual normal blood flow to that organ causing normal intimate function. There is another opinion that says even Meshamesh mace, even He's do, going through the motions, but there's no blood flow in that limb. Uh, that's chayev. There's a mandamer that that's chayev. You can't do that. Michael and Maymar. What he's going to say? mesa. It's somebody who has relations with, God forbid, a dead body. It's usher, but she's not an ashes ish. 
Because it says a Kohen can be Metami the Sheiro, the Ishto. The Sheiro is his Ishto. Even after she's deceased, she's still called his wife. Amina Lechayev. We'd say she's still an Eishas Ish. We see after she's passed away, she's no longer an Eishas Ish. This comes up if we say if a woman was married to two men during her lifetime and then she passes away, which man do you bury her next to? So maybe she's not an Eishas Ish the first one, maybe not the second. I mean, Lemaisa, they say either one, you know, it's up to her, but um, we say the Aishas Ish goes away once she's passed away, but it's still us, of course, to go through these, these weird act here. Uh, so we say she's not she's not Sota Sota. Now we're going to get into Sota pretty soon in Shas, and Sota is an amazing situation where a man warns his wife, do not go behind closed doors with this other man. But she does go behind closed doors, that man, and there's a day stira. There's witnesses that they went behind closed doors. So there's no witnesses that they had intimacy. If there's witnesses that something took place, she's gone. She's usher. She's they gotta get divorced. She loses her kasuva and she did adultery. If there's witnesses, we're gonna we're gonna kill her. We're gonna execute her and the adulterer and the man that she was involved with also. But if there's merely a deem that they went behind closed doors together after the husband warned her, she goes to Jerusalem, they prepare a potion, they famously erase the name of Hashem. They write it on a scroll, the Parsha of Sota, they erase it into the potion. She drinks the water, then if she's innocent, Bar Hashem, she's gonna be healthy and great, have a great marriage, great healthy children. If she's uh, guilty, she something happened behind closed doors, then it becomes Sota Pop and she explodes from the potion. And that's why how Sota Pop was invented. But it's an amazing, uh, they, they Farshim note that Hashem allows his holy name to be erased to save the marriage, to allow the husband and the wife to be together. So it's amazing that Hashem, you know, forsakes his own honor, his own dignity of his own holy name to, uh, to save a marriage. And the other way to look at this is if somebody's wife goes behind closed doors with another man, you need a miracle from God to save that marriage. It's practically over. Only a miracle from God can save that marriage because only Hashem himself making a miracle through the Sota, uh, the Sota process is going to allow this husband to have the Yishuv Adas to know that really nothing happens. Because, you know, if people behind closed doors, you never know what happens. You, just, you don't know without Hashem revealing this through this miraculous way that Hashem allows it to save this marriage. And Sota Lame, why does it say Sheikh Vazera by Sota? Like in a tiny, like the Baraisa says, Sheikh Vazera, Plot the Dover Acher. Sheikh Vazera, which is itself a euphemism, this excludes Dover Acher, which is also a euphemism. My Dover Acher, what does that euphemism mean? Amar of Sheikhs, Prot. If the husband warned the wife, listen, don't go behind closed doors with that man and do a bia shalokadarka. We talked about yesterday, which is in the other um, other portal, not in the normal portal where bia takes place, but in the other side. So Lamanashem, why is the husband warning her not to do that particular act? All he has to do for Sota is warn her, don't go behind closed doors. Why is he specifying that act? So there's a Gemara in Avodah that says that the the uh, idolatrous women used to use lokadarka before they got married so that they would remain virgins for when they actually got married. So perhaps this girl was a convert. Okay, there's, there's a machlokis in Sota if the Sota process can apply to convert. Perhaps she grew up Catholic, Rabosai, and so she thought that that was not adultery. She thought that particular act would not make her a non-virgin, would not be considered adultery. And there's a diuk in the Torah, of course, we know by Rivka. Rivka, it says... Uh, she was a betula virgin and even though the minhag of the idolaters was that they used to do lokadarka and then still claim their virgins 
She hadn't done any of that either. She never touched a man, never looked at a man. She was completely good to go for Yitzhak. So Rivka was the exception to the rule because most idolatrous women were doing the slow kadarka to get out of you know, being high for other things. I've heard that in Europe there is a surgery available for Muslim women who go to college or go get a job in Europe, and then they go, they want to get married to one of their, you know, guy in the Alterheim who expects a virgin bride. So there's actually a surgery that they obtain to return the, the feeling of their virginity to them. So these Muslim women do it, and we understand why they do it, because it would be mamish pikuach nefesh if they get married to one of their religious fanatics in, you know, Saudi Arabia or whatever, and he finds out she's not a virgin. It would be mamish pikuach nefesh. So we understand. So anyway, that's what maybe why this husband is being very specific, warning his wife not to be a sota shalokadarka, even though it sounds strange to us. Amrle Rava, Mishkaveisha Kasiv. No, Mishkaveisha. Any sort of Mishkav behind closed doors makes her us or makes her sota. Elamar Rava, Pratlin where the man warned his wife, don't go behind closed doors and do a derech evarim. Another euphemism, Baruch Hashem, Hebrew is Lashon HaKodesh, we don't have any bad words of euphemisms. Rashi says there are other limbs, there's no penetration involved, but there's other limbs involved that are being rubbed in a um, pleasurable manner, such as the dadim, such as arms and legs, whatever's going on. There's no penetration, but it's, it's bad. Amr uh, Le'abai, Pritsuta, Sarachmani says, why? That's just Pritsus, that's just Pritsus, Rabosai. You should know. Yeah, it's just pritzus, but it's aser der raisa. The chinuch says aser der raisa, and the Rambam says you're gonna love this Rambam. He says in the parak 21 in Isurabia, habal erva min arayas derech evarim oshachivak nishak, even hugging and kissing derech taiva in a desirous manner, nehene with any enjoyment, bekir of basar from their closeness, hareze loke minatura. Give him lashes de araisa. Hugging and kissing is asr de araisa. So the Ramam, Shinamar, Levilti, Asos, Mechukos, Atoyvosa, Ele, like we saw, the Hegs Rabinu Yonav, and Namar, Lo Tikravula Galos Erva. Ramam explains, Kilomar, Lo Tikravula Dvarim, Habavim, Lidegilui Erva. Do not even come close to things that begin in Erva context. So even hugging and kissing, even what's called derechiba, you know, some sort of closeness, uh, intimate physical contact of any kind is Usr der Raisa, per the Rambam. Big shyly about handshakes. Typically, handshakes are not der Chiba. A lot of people are Mekel. Some people are Machmir. Consult your local handshake expert. Baruch Hashem, after COVID, no one's shaking hands anyway. So it's like the Rambam. You know, Rambam was a doctor. And Baruch Hashem, after COVID, no, no more handshakes. So it's good, like even like the Rambam. So that's Pritzuta, but it's a Pritzus Usr der Raisa. He warned his wife for that. Eliyamar Abaye, probably He warned her about kissing. This kissing is also a euphemism. So fine for the mandamar that hara, the first stage of intimacy, is is the entrance of the corona of the male member into the woman. It's merely nishika, which means kissing in the sense of touching externally only. The the reproductive organs are touching, but only externally. No, it's we warned her about about any sort of bodily touching. And we have to say this by Sota. So we see he's copied. He's makbid, even touching any part of a man's body. So he warns her on that. And since it's tali Sota at all, it's tali on his kapeda, on his sense of offense that his wife's having any contact with another man. We would think that works as a warning for Sota. So Kamash Malan, that doesn't work as a warning for Sota. It has to be something Sheikh Vazera related to be a warning for Sota. But it is Asr Deraisa, of course. Amr Shmuel, Hara's Nishika. Shmuel says Hara is Nishika. Again, that's 
That's the limbs, the reproductive limbs touching without penetration. A man puts his finger on his lips. So the flesh of the lips will be indented slightly by his finger. So even if they're just touching externally, that's enough for Shmuel to say that's hara and then bichayev. Ki also rabba barachana, marbi yochanan, gemarbiya. He says it's gemarbiya, v'shifcha rufa, zoch nasa Torah. He says gemarbiya, we said by shifcha rufa, the shifcha zera, that's the entrance of the atara, the corona of the male member. Masiv of sheishis, shifcha zera, eno chayev, elo albiya hameirik. So he says the shifcha zera means it's not chayev except for bias hameirik, an emptying bia, which we thought, my love merik yid, doesn't mean the male member is emptied of its seed. Lo merik atara. No, that means the atara, the corona of the male organ is inside. And that allows the seed if that's going to happen. He says, Hara is the entrance of the corona. Either he's lying or I'm lying, but he stands, stands on, his, on his, his understanding. He says, Rabbi Yochanan says, the entrance of the corona of the male member, that is Hara. Adraba, I said, no, quite the opposite. Adarabba Barbarhana Vodai Pligi, sorry, he says, Adarabba Barbarhana, he definitely disagrees. Adarshmuel, Milema Pligi, does he argue on Shmuel also? He said, even Nishika is Hara. Pligi, lo, Minishika, the Adachnasas Tar Hara. He says, no, the process from Nishika, from merely touching to the entrance of the corona, that's considered Hara. Currently, that's called a Hara. Ki Asarav Shmuel, Bar Yehuda, Amr Biyochanan, Hara, Zohachnasas Tar. That's the entrance of the Atara, which is again the crown, the corona. Gamar bia, gamar gamar bia, bia mamish. Gamar bia, that's full penetration. Mikan ve'elich eno ele nishika. Less than that is only called a nishika. Opatar ale pligish shmuel. He disagrees with shmuel because shmuel had said that mere nishika, mere touching, again is like a finger on the lips. There's some degree of penetration just with touching, so it's considered hara and it's considered chayav deraisa. And he disagrees. Says it needs more than that. Sorry to rush through the last part, but Baruch Hashem, we got through to the two dots. We, we got to the point. Thank you, Shkoyach. Well, well played. A good Chodesh. Again, we have Mishnah Shviyas here. Starting Shviyas tomorrow. Halakha Lamaisa. Starting Shviyas in the Mishnah Yomi. Shkoyach.